Hey everybody, it's Coach Carter with The Morning Lift. Welcome to today's podcast. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, going to just talk about uh, some things, some random things about nutrition, I guess. Um, I really want to review some of the top ranking type problems uh, that I get, that people um, ask me about all the time. And, you know, if you're looking for long-term fixes to these things, um, probably more nutrition knowledge, believe it or not, isn't going to be the answer. No meal planning or set of macros is really going to solve this. So, you know, some of these things we'll go over uh, one by one. But, you know, if you're struggling with food and eating and exercise habits, you probably uh, need help more so with your behaviors, especially being consistent with crucial fundamentals. Uh, we'll call it, you know, basically those crucial healthy habits, um, you know, and we'll talk about those in some future podcasts. But, you know, according to most of the people that I've talked to and that have been asking me questions in the last couple of weeks, the most pressing nutrition uh, problems really boil down to this. Uh, basically, they ask, you know, how do you stop overeating at the same time, find the, the most convenient and practical and satisfying ways to enjoy foods that can also help nourish my body. All right. Easy problem to solve, right? Nope, it is not. Um, are these things solvable? Absolutely. So with that in mind, I'm going to kind of review probably eight or so of the nutrition challenges that I've gotten questions about. And I'll kind of give you a little strategy that can help you make better choices and get better results. What I recommend though, is you don't try to tackle all these challenges at once because that really works like we've talked about in the past month um, one one issue at a time one new strategy at a time one habit at a time uh, just pick one and focus on just that one for you know two or three weeks whatever it takes so when you feel ready to take on more then you just select another area that needs some of your tender uh, loving care right and give it your attention um, so you can make incredible long-lasting progress this way. You, you truly can. Uh, patience is a very powerful tool in this arsenal. Yes, persistence. Yes, consistency. Um, but all of those must be wrapped with patience. Because, you know, uh, it's, we've, I've seen it happen with hundreds of clients. And the more patient you are, the more you're going to be able to get it, uh, get it done. So let's just look at the first challenge. And somebody wrote, I can't stop my stress eating. You know, it's, it's like I, I'm an emotional eater. Well, you know, probably more than 60% of most clients, especially the newer clients that I've talked to, emotional stress eating is a major nutrition challenge they have. You know, what's more, 50% of the people out there probably say they get these intense cravings and they snack when they're not even hungry. And if you can relate, you know, it might be a relief to know you're not alone, really. That really helps, I think. And, of course, there's little consolation uh, when your spoon's scraping the bottom of a freshly opened jar of, uh, you know, cookie, peanut butter, or whatever. Um, but what if you realize this behavior occurs uh, every time something happens? So let's say every time a parent calls or every time a situation with your boss comes up, all of a sudden you, you start put two, to, two together and you realize, you know what, this happens when this happens. Uh, you know, on Sunday nights, let's say, 
when you're dreading the start of a new week or whenever you see or smell or hear something that reminds you of your ex or for whatever reason, we associate certain behaviors with that emotional need to eat something that makes us feel good. You know, so a coaching approach to this, uh, we call it, you know, noticing and naming basically. And it offers a great opportunity to regain some control again. Emotional eating and intense cravings are typically part of a pattern of behavior that's triggered by a specific experience, you know, a thought, a feeling, uh, or a situation. So the crucial key here is if you can identify the trigger, you can disrupt the pattern of behavior and you truly can then make different choices. Um, we kind of call this a break in the chain, if you think about it. And uh, in the coaching I have, I use worksheets for this to help people and really identify some of these triggers. Um, but what we try to do is help you, uh, uh, you know, identify your emotional and stress eating triggers. And then you apply a step-by-step -step strategy to build an alternative action uh, to replace, you know, what you've done in the past with those triggers. Um, so it's, it's really just a way um, to you know, deal with this by identifying this and then being able to move on with some new patterns and new strategies. You know, another challenge that I've heard people talk about is, is I just don't plan meals. Well, you know, I've told you in the past that probably 50, 53% or so of both men and women were going to check that box right there. Um, most people don't like to plan meals, but the good news is serious improvement in this area may not be a time it might not be as time consuming let's say and complicated as it really sounds because this is one of those those challenges that sounds worse than it really is as long as you give it a little bit of time and thought so you kind of want to think about meal planning on a continuum you know at the far left let's say if you're drawing a line on the far left you put a zero uh thought into what you might eat so far left you're going to put a zero that means you don't think about what you're going to eat later on the day at all or tomorrow or the rest of the week. And most decisions are made after you're already hungry and while you're staring at the contents of your refrigerator or looking at a drive-through menu. You know, at the far right, you're gonna spend Sunday morning um, grocery shopping. You're gonna take the afternoon to prep for seven days of breakfast, lunch, and dinner, packing it away in containers and leaving nothing to chance. So that would be the other, that'd be the far end of the right side of that line. Um, but what's the in-between? There's real opportunity to progress in the in-between, and it doesn't require a complicated meal plan. You just need to do a little better than you are now, just a little better. That's the whole point of, of growing with this and getting healthier is just a little bit at a time will get you on your direction, get you where you need to be. A great place to start is to, uh, is to plan to eat one or two servings you know, about the size of your fist uh, of produce at each meal. Just that, one or two servings of produce, size of your fist at each meal. Don't worry about variety for now. If you like steamed broccoli or raw carrots or sliced cucumbers or whatever, you, you can have those at every meal if you want to. Uh, just practice buying what you need and eating it at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's just where you start something that simple to start changing those patterns. And if you find yourself at a restaurant, stick to the plan. You know, that can mean 
getting a side salad or order a broccoli instead of fries. You know, for bonus planning, uh, try the checking the restaurant's menu online before you even go. That way you know what you're dealing with ahead of time. You know, you'll be amazed at how simple this approach really can be if we just do it. You know, sometimes the simplest things are the things that we just simply got to do. And it can transform the quality of our meals. And it doesn't require a ton of effort. It really doesn't. So, you know, uh, it's just one of those things that a little bit of planning goes a long, long way. And then the habit of a little bit of planning goes a lot further. You know, another challenge I hear is, oh, I just eat too quickly. Well, I can relate to that. You know, I was in the military uh, many years ago, and they used to tell you, put the food in your mouth and chew it outside. So, you know, I developed the habit of eating too quickly as well. So I get it. You know, this isn't uh, probably you wouldn't put this at the top of the problem list or the challenge list. Um, it was probably the number one issue for men, though, uh, with nearly probably 60 percent of the guys I ever talked to would admit that they eat too quickly. And it, and it turns out that uh, they're spot on, really, because almost everyone benefits from eating slowly. In fact, uh, the way I coach people, the way I believe the most effective way to coach people is slowly eating is one of the first practices I try to teach people to do. And the reason is simple. It's incredibly effective. It's something that's so simple, it's almost unbelievable how effective it can be to just simply slow down eating. You know, the act of consciously slowing down, even taking a breath in between two, you know, in two bites or so can help you eat less without feeling deprived. Try putting your fork down um, in between bites and really enjoying the food, taking time to chew it completely, savoring it and, and actually enjoying it. And one of the ways that helps is by putting your fork down. So that's a conscious choice, a conscious effort to put the fork down and then you have to pick it back up. And, you know, I found that it works for everyone from the most advanced dieters who this is part of their life <clears throat> to those people that struggle with healthy eating over their whole lifetime. So, you know, in the future uh, workshops I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about this, but for now, just, you know, a challenge could be eating too quickly. And I think there's some simple remedies to at least practice eating slower. Another challenge I hear about is, well, you know, I have I have a major, major sweet tooth. Well, so do I. So that's another one of these things that, you know, admittedly, I have to deal with as well. Uh, some days are better than others. Some weeks are better than others. Um, and that's the truth. But maybe you love cookies or M&Ms or anything that's rolled in sugar, period. That's completely normal, according to most people, according to probably 50 percent of the clients I've ever had. It's normal. However, it's typically not so much just the sweetness that appeals to our taste buds and, you know, our belly and our brain and all that. It's a diabolically delicious combination, right, of sugar, fat, and salt that makes certain foods just absolutely irresistible. I, you know, let's admit it. There's even a special name for them. It's just that they're hyper palatable, meaning, oh boy, do they taste real, real good, right? So that makes it a little bit more of a challenge. In fact, you know, you know, if you want to think about the great Satan in this whole thing is food manufacturers use the flavor formula to create products you can't stop eating. It's great for sales after all. They know how to do it. The biggest challenge with foods 
Also is their availability. They're everywhere, including your kitchen. You know, so one of the first rules or laws that you kind of want to come up with is if a food is in your house or your possession, either you, someone you love, or someone you marginally tolerate is eventually going to eat it. If it's there, it's going to happen. You know, and a, 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 to say the same thing the other way, if a healthy food is in your house, possession, either you, someone you love, or someone you marginally tolerate, it's eventually going to eat it. I'm not saying you should uh, make sweets off limits. I don't. I'm not saying you should. Instead, let's shape our environment to set ourselves up for success as often as possible. So what would happen if next time uh, you visit the grocery store, you bought some fruit or dessert instead of the jumbo pack of Oreos? Try it and let just try it. And let's see what happens. Um, and we're going to talk more about hyperpalatable foods and different strategies for that in the future, too. Another challenge I hear about is, you know, based on my business, based on my lifestyle, I eat out a lot. You know, with so many temptations on restaurant menus, it's natural to feel a little tortured <laughs> about what to order. And once that mental back and forth begins, it's very easy. In fact, it's all too easy to say, heck with it. Give me the carbonara and pass the breadsticks and what the heck, right? Along with planning meals or food choices, like we talked about in challenge two, you can also plan how to show up. You know, is there a special occasion where you want the freedom to indulge? Is the food so unique and amazing at this restaurant, it's truly worth it? You know, if so, slow down and really savor the experience. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you kind of put it in perspective and it's a special occasion. Why would you not want to have those? We're adults. We want to have good times, but you got to be smart about it. Or would you prefer your choice, you know, um, your choice aligning with healthy eating practice? You know, how are you going to do that? So consider preparing in advance by reviewing the menu of your favorite restaurant or another new restaurant or even setting a phone or calendar reminder to help yourself always stay on track. You know, there's so many strategies for when you eat out. You know, some of my friends, some of the people I've helped in the past, uh, they'll order dinner and they'll take half of the food uh, and they'll put it in a doggy bag. And literally they eat less that way, enjoy their food, and then they have another meal for the next day. You know, there's no right or wrong answer in this, but deciding ahead of time can help you stay focused and avoid being distracted by a mountain of the delicious pasta and the choices are overwhelming. So every time you follow through on your plan, notice how you feel after you've finished your meal. You know, and ask yourself, be honest, am I just as satisfied as when I would have been otherwise? If yes, then that's a positive step to encouraging the same behavior next time. You know, if you're practicing these things, and it's actually working, you got to be able to review that in your head and realize that, yeah, this does work. It's okay. This is cool. I can do it, you know, and with more practice, smart choices will become easier and easier, but it starts with one. So um, if no, if, if, it, if it's not working, you know, order, you know, a, a plant-rich dish, you know, shoot for half your plate to be vegetables, you know, choose a lean protein, try chicken breast or fish. Um, you know, avoid uh, as many breaded and fried foods as possible. This, this helps eliminate poor choices. 
you know, ask for dressing on the side, you know, and use them responsibly for taste, you know, not to drench the, the salad, but for taste. You know, again, eat slowly and try this at some point as soon as possible. Stop eating when you're 80% full. We've talked about this before. Uh, it's what the Europeans are so good at. Uh, we want to start practicing when you are 80% full, meaning you're satisfied, we stop. These aren't hard and they're not fast rules, okay? They're not, they're not something that must be done every time. They're more of a practical guide for when you're eating out, no matter if you're at a fine dining establishment or you're at a food chain, it doesn't matter. So uh, we'll be talking about different ways to deal with restaurants in the future as well. Uh, right now, let's talk about another challenge uh, I hear. I eat larger portions than I need to. Well, that's pretty much everybody, okay? Um, in the weight loss industry, it's popular. Uh, you'll hear the saying, uh, it's not your fault. And in this case, that's, that's probably true between your parents directing you to clean your plate, the abundance or overabundance of hyperpalatable foods, and the mega meals served by chain restaurants. I'm talking about meals that are enough for two or three people on one plate. Uh, eating more than you need can feel completely natural. It just happens. It's the way we're being set up, you know, which means eating an appropriate size meal can feel completely unnatural, at least, you know, until you get used to it. And that does require practice. And here's a simple way to start. Again, you're going to hear it over and over. Eat slowly and stop when you're 80% full. Do this no matter how much is left on your plate or how uncomfortable it makes you feel. That's what doggy bags are for. Do that because I guarantee you, you'll be picking up a habit that will pay dividends in the future and you're not wasting anything. You're still going to keep the food. And it's never easy at first. And you may wonder, you know, am I 80% full or 70% full? You're going to start getting crazy with this. Uh, or did I just totally mess up and go over? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. The point is to, <laughs> to become a more mindful eater and pay better attention to your body's hunger signals, your satiety signals. Am I full or not? And that does take time. And like any skill, you'll get better with practice. We're going, to, we're going for progress, not perfection. Always remember that. And of course, it helps to start with a reasonable portion size, but you don't need to enter your meals into a calculator ahead of time and do this craziness. You can use your hands again, like we talked about, to estimate how you should eat. With uh, It's a very simple plan, and you know we went over it before, but we'll go over it again in the future, but it's not that hard to do. You know, if you can just uh, make one extra meal, um, you'll be taking, if you can, well, let's just say it this way. If you can make one extra meal, you'll be taking a positive action to change a behavior and improve your health. Just one. If you can do one meal a day, that's going to help you. That's how real life, lasting transformation happens. One tiny step at a time, not by trying to change everything overnight. Just one step at a time. So figure out what action you're capable of right now, even if it doesn't sound like much or seem like much to you, and just try it out. Then practice it next week too. As it becomes easier, just ask, could I add it to another home cooked meal? Can I do something different? Remember, it's, it's always about progress, not perfection. You know, and like 
I've been saying over and over in this podcast, we're going to be talking about this in the workshop coming up in the next week. And we're going to go over all of these things because I'm going to have a 30-day nutrition challenge. And each day we're going to look at new things and, and how to work these challenges. And we're going to get you there. You know, that's the whole purpose. And it's going to be fun, but it's going to be enlightening. Another challenge I hear is I drink too much. Well, right now, if you're nodding your head as I'm speaking, um, I feel you, all right? And so do more than 30% of my clients say they overconsume alcohol? Yeah, uh, that's happened in the past, probably 30% or more. But, you know, what does too much mean? That's the question. It can be different for everyone. Maybe you're drinking two or three glasses of wine at night and wondering if you're relying too much on alcohol to take an edge off. Or perhaps you don't imbibe much during the week, but drink to excess on the weekend. Even if you don't uh, have what's considered a serious problem, your drinking habits could be affecting your ability to lead a healthier lifestyle. It could be interfering with your sleep, affecting your judgment, um, and stimulating your appetite. Remember, alcohol can stimulate your appetite as well. All you got to do is just honestly ask yourself, what's one action you could take to feel a little better about your alcohol intake? You notice I didn't say stop drinking. I didn't pay the judgment on you. You ask yourself this question. What's one action I could take to feel a little better about my alcohol intake? Could you have two glasses uh, tonight instead of three? Could you drink more slowly so that one glass lasts longer? Could you have a glass of water between the cocktails? You know, if your alcohol intake isn't destroying your body or family life, you don't necessarily have to slam on the brakes, okay? You've got to honestly assess your situation and look at your lifestyle. Ease yourself into it and notice how you feel. This is about better awareness can help you uh, make better choices. You know, so that's really what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about stopping drinking or anything like that. You know, so these 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 challenges are just some of the major ones that I hear. Uh, I like sharing them with you because I'm sure at least one or more have touched kind of a part in your own self. They do for me. Um, all coaches are human. All coaches like to eat, you know, and so we all run into these challenges and we just use the strategies that work best for us. And we try to teach the strategies that work best for you. Uh, my nutrition challenge is going to be a 30-day challenge. I'm going to be introducing it next weekend. It's going to be something that's fun. I'm doing it purposefully through the month of uh, December, uh, not because I want to hinder your holidays and, and making it hard. I want to make it where it's the most joyful holiday season you've ever had because we're going to talk about this challenge in a way that you can still eat the food you love. Uh, you can still be able to have the parties and go and enjoy but we're going to learn how we can do it in a different way, in a more constructive way, a more health preserving and building way, but still have fun. And it's going to be a it's going to be a cool challenge. And you're going to learn more than just nutrition. We're going to talk about exercise. We're going to talk about how you think, uh, how to maybe relearn how to think if necessary. But it's going to be a great challenge. I, I've already had a lot of people excited about uh, getting signed up for it. And I'll be introducing that on all the social medias, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. And we'll be going over it. And it's going to be awesome. Uh, so, again, this is Coach Carter with The Morning Lift. I really enjoyed our podcast tonight. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, you go out. You make it a great day. You honor me by listening. 
Um, I love the opportunity to share some fun stuff with you. And hopefully tonight you got something out of this. Take a few notes and uh, let's look at changing one small thing uh, at a time. Small steps make big results. You have a great evening. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.